mental manager, dear listeners and live audience. Today's episode is a special one and a bit of an experiment because Martin and I are joined today by a live audience of um, quite a few of our dear colleagues who may jump in with questions and comments at any point as we are recording the session as part of our Thrive Week at Psychotic Centrify. To our colleagues, thank you in advance for sharing your energy with us today and hopefully making this uh, an engaging session with us. And energy is also the key word that I'll pick up on for a bit of a segue to our topic for today, because we'll be sharing with you a system that Martin has adopted in the past year to enable himself to manage his energy rather than his time, because when it comes down to it, energy is the one and only true currency, aside from Bitcoin, of course, that we all have that gets <laughs> things done. And you know that also determines how much we enjoy our respective life journeys. So Martin and I, we've had a few conversations where uh, Martin has shared his experience of this magic system with me and Andrew. Then we thought it would be a good fit for our Thrive Week and to share this with listeners at the same time. But before we do that, we're going to try something. So as part of our podcast, because this is all about mental health and making sure that we support each other on this journey, what we do is we check in with each other on a scale of one to five, how we're doing in truth on this particular day. So Martin, before you talk us through your system, how are you feeling today? I am doing pretty well, Silke. I am now at a four and, and that's pretty good given that I started out on a clear one since I have been sleeping super bad over the past days. But they're building up and I'm sure after after the session, I'm back on a five, which is usually on um, when we have these, uh, these sessions. Yeah. And good Excellent. to almost have you back, Silke. How are you doing? Thank you very much. So. I woke up at 4.30 this morning, so I'm tired, but I'm filled with adrenaline uh, due to the session. And um, I would say right now I'm a five. I'm very excited to be here. And this is the part where it gets a little bit experimental. So I would like to understand how's our audience today? So everyone, if you could think of one word that describes how you feel right now, and I'll be counting down from three. And when I get to one, if you could unmute yourselves and shout whatever word comes to mind. Or if you're feeling a bit shy, leave us a comment in the chat. This is probably going to get really messy, but let's let's just try it. So three, two, one. Exciting. I love it. Thank you very much for, for doing that. Okay, Martin, first question for you. What is the magic that you've discovered called and why is it different from my traditional go-to, which is, you know, the classic to-do list? That's uh, really a build-up to call it a, a magic system, but I'll, I'll definitely <laughs> try and, and talk you guys through it. I have recommended it to, to quite a few now. Latest, uh, Thomas Svensson, which I spoke to around it a few few weeks back now. It's actually a uh, it's a blog post that I found two years back. It's written by a gentleman called Paul Graham, and you might know Paul from he has founded a, a company called Y Combinator, which is a startup accelerator, and um, he's also the brain behind a blog post site or a news or a forum. It's called called the the Hacker News. And all the companies that, that Paul have taken through this company called Y Combinator are companies like uh, Dropbox, Airbnb, Coinbase lately, GitLab, Docker, Twitch, a lot of other companies. So so quite successful startup accelerator program. 
And he's also a writer of many blog posts and and some essays. And the one that I stumbled upon two years ago is called Maker versus Manager. And it's it really centrates or concentrates around two types of, of calendars. And um, to understand those, it's also important to understand that uh, Paul is a developer himself, computer scientist, and since then a business founder. And he uh, he outlined two, two different calendars in this blog post. One is called the manager's calendar, and the other one is called the maker's calendar. What he uh, found out is when that these two calendar systems, that they work super good when they work alone, but when when they meet or when they clash, they don't work too good. So what I'm thinking now is that we that we talk through how does each of them work and why is it that uh, that they that they clash. Does that make sense, Sylvia? That definitely makes sense. And um, as as part of that, will you also talk us through your day to day, your practical setup, basically, so that people can understand what yeah. your calendar as a real life example looks like? Yes. So first, I'll give I'll speak a bit more about what 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 is a a manager calendar and what is a maker calendar. A manager calendar that basically works in time blocks of, for the example's sake, of 60 minutes. A manager has many different tasks throughout the day, and a manager calendar is then blocked into these 60 minutes, and after 60 minutes, the task changes. So thereby, people who want time with a manager can just look for an open time slot, and then block in the time, and then you have a meeting with that manager. A maker's calendar works very different. And here Paul takes um, he takes a starting point in a developer's uh, time calendar because a maker's calendar is more of, of creating something and thereby you would need longer time slots. So that would be either half day or preferably full day time slots where you have a full day to create whatever that you would need to, um, to build. So as I said before, both calendar types, they work great. But when you mix them, that's where the trouble really starts. Because here's the thing around maker calendars. Maker calendar or makers, they prefer to use time in longer time blocks. So as you can't really get to the bottom of things, if you only have one hour to, for instance, solve a a given problem, you usually need more time than, uh, than that. So here, I would also like people to really pay attention to the feeling that you have when you have something that you really want to create or get to the bottom of, and you have enough time ahead of you. That's where the magic happens, because that's where you can really put yourself up for achieving something. But when you put in a 30 or a 60-minute meeting in the middle of the day, so let's say either 9.30 or 2 p.m., then you not only interrupt the manager or the sorry the maker for those thirty minutes where you have the meeting, you very well like you very well risk also to ruin the whole day for this maker, because you can't really start a project ahead of that because you would need more time and you would need to really put in I would say deep or hard work ahead of uh, of of that. Does it make sense so far? That makes sense. And just to clarify, so essentially when you're talking about the maker schedule or the maker calendar, 
that's when you essentially make things. So it's the the creative part of the day when, for example, you've got a project that you've got to work on where you know that probably if you've got a half hour time slot or you try to work on it in between other tasks that you have to react to during the day, then it's probably going to take you months to get that finished and it's going to be really difficult. But instead, during this maker schedule, you may block out you know, particular half a day or something where you really get to the bottom of it and really focus on it, right? And then the manager schedule is that when, for example, I think if if I remember the look at your calendar, then you've got the manager part of your day essentially open for meetings and when people have demands on you, that's where you try to push it towards that part of your day. Is that right? Here, makers are uh, developers, coders, writers, thinkers, and I think for the, the example, say for our company, then I would add all operational staff. So all sales, SEs, marketing, channel, all of us have projects where we would like to achieve something that require more than just an hour, where we need to block out more time, basically. The change from going from a maker to a manager and then back to a maker again, Again, that's close to impossible because the brain simply does not work like that. And what you end up is you end up being drained in the middle of the afternoon. So when I first read this blog post, then I decided to change my calendar into a maker and manager calendar. Each day throughout the year, I have uh, put in a maker time slot in the morning from 8 to 12, and a manager time slot from 12 to 4. That means that I preferably like to create projects or do something that I need to, a bigger project that I need to finish. It could be a business plan. It could be a marketing suggestion. It could be a project that we do around our partner program, for instance, where I need to put in more thought process or more thought time to process it and finish the project. So I do that preferably in the morning. And then I have my afternoon open for short meetings and the long list of to-dos that that all of us are um, are involved in. And I'm not able to stick to it 100%, and that's not really the point either. I'm I'm probably able to stick to it around 70% of the time. And the way that it helps me is that I have this in front of me every day where it says maker and manager. And that's enough for me for the calendar to remind me around how I should prioritize my time. Because in the morning, you are more likely, because you have a more fresh mind, then you are more likely to get the most important things produced and actually finished. So you can even call it an, an achievement because you are you are done with it. We've got a question or a comment. Annika? Sure. Martin, does that mean that if you have your maker schedule in the mornings that you don't like let's say you're working on a business plan do you also Mm -hmm. have calls in regards to that business plan in the mornings or do you have calls always in the afternoon because they they get you out of your thinking yeah i try to push them to the afternoon but of course there are sometimes things that just need to be at 9 30 for instance or 11 so i just use it as a for instance, if uh, if you and I were about to schedule a call for a given, let's say, an account level, then I would preferably go for a 2 p.m. time slot because I, then I can plan it myself. 
Then there are, of course, a lot of incoming things that is out of your control and also sometimes things that you just need to take because it, it wouldn't make sense not to or you simply can't decline it because it's either some super important or it's a, let's say, a wider team call for all in psychotic. That's, of course, something that I then take. Yeah, makes sense. So if yeah. it's in, under your control, you do it in the afternoon. Otherwise, you yes. And that gives me that that 70% accuracy, which is actually a big improvement for me compared to how it was before. Because Thank once you. you start to get in the, into that, let's say, hamster wheel, where you just react to emails, Slack posts, phone calls, it's very hard to move from that and then into being creative for two hours and then back to just reacting on everything again. It's super tough. Joe? Sure, absolutely. I can actually relate to a lot of what you're saying because uh, a lot of my day is spent actually creating. Um, so writing the blog post for the company or whether it being authoring the white papers or writing the books, a lot of my time is actually spent creating. So, And when I'm creating, I have to have as very little distractions as possible. So it's, it's important to turn everything off, even mobile phone, turning off Slack. The problem we do have today is that there's so much communication channels that we don't just use Slack and email and Messenger and WhatsApp. There's so many that it's, it's really important to kind of switch it off as much as you possibly can. Yes. My question to Martin, though, is that yeah. my calendar tends to be dynamic. It really comes, it's not based on my time, but based on projects. So just a question, because yeah. you know, one week I might be creating, I might be writing a book or a blog. The next week I might yes. be executing in regard yeah. to delivering webinars. So how do you deal with being flexible in regards to all of the switches? Because sometimes my day switches. If I'm creating, I tend to spend more of my day in the office in the morning and then leaving the mm -hmm. meetings to, to the afternoon. But when yeah. I'm executing, I tend to... Let's say save my energy in the morning and then I'd be delivering the webinars typically in the afternoon. So I'm just kind of flexing around the time and balancing when I'm at the most busiest. So how do you deal with yeah. kind of, you know, because the calendar would be great if it was static and you could plan well ahead, but since it changes yeah. often, how do you deal with the changes? So I just accept that that there are changes. So instead of I would say some years back, I've tried a lot of different calendar systems then i could quickly turn into that them being not successful if i couldn't stick to him 100 i had a long period where i tried out to block most of my days with things that i needed to check it could be reports for instance and it was actually and and then short one-to-one uh, -one meetings and it was super hard to stick to it because i had in my mind that it had to be 100 or nothing but when i turned into accepting that 20 or 30 percent error rate is actually still a big improvement and i have many i think i have uh, i have many days that are on the on the manager schedule because if i don't then i will become a bottleneck of what i'm doing currently but just having this reminder of of the maker half a day each day gives me that reminder that i need when i schedule the time myself if that makes sense It doesn't. And a quick question, one of the things I've started doing uh, is the challenge I've got is that when, when meetings come in, I don't know if anyone else has the same challenge, is that when, when you, you're planning your calendar, everything gets blocked like back to back. Yes. What I've been trying to do is put what I refer to as these 15, 30 minute gaps in between meetings so that you can yeah. fill up a cup of coffee, you can stand up and stretch your legs. Um, what do you recommend for the yeah. best? You know, I'd love it to be automatic yeah. that when you're 
sending a calendar invite out that you can say, you know, yeah. is it make sure there's 15 minute gap of 10 minutes in between each meetings. But you yes. know, no one no one kind of tends to do that. You end up it's like Tetris. It's like, you know, here's a space in your calendar and you fill it. Yeah. You fill it the entire time. And so you could sit all day back to back without having any time to to stand up, take a break, or even, you know, you know, it, it ends up meaning people are late to meetings because they're, you know, that five minutes, uh, they, they just ran off to the bathroom or ran off to get, you know, fill up a cup of tea. So what's yeah. your recommendation between, you know, trying to manage you know, the back-to-back meetings as well? It is not to accept them as back-to-back meetings and then put in this half an hour block in between each. You only set yourself up for failure when you do it, and it happens. I did it last week where I had a, I think I ended up having three or four half-hour sessions. And, of course, I was late for the two last ones because I have accepted that. And that's really the thing because there are, there are two times responsibility here we should remember. If we start out with the manager's responsibility because they really need to be careful when they have teams because it's many combined hours that they can impact when they block entire teams because there is the preparation, there is the follow-up. So it ends up being in total, let's say, one and a half hours or two hours per person times the team that you have that that you impact. And over a year, that's actually many production hours that you have responsibility for. When that is set, then the maker is, of course, the one that is 100% responsible for things that they would need to achieve. So, yes, the manager might be responsible for for the short term that that it's interrupted, but the very long-term achievement is down to the individual maker. And when you... I would call it volunteer for a scale-up as we are working in because it is a job that you apply for and and accept. Then you also volunteer for working on both calendars. In many of our jobs, you have uh, both the maker and the manager schedule. So it is is 100% your own responsibility to balance it out. So I would just recommend to put in half an hour before and after each meeting and then just it's not nice to have eight meetings in a day either. You can't really uh, either prepare for them or or live up to what you're supposed to do in, in that meeting either if you accept that many meetings. And then I would, again, then still recommend to have a meeting, some meeting time slots at the day with pauses in between. Because if you, if you end up having, let's say, two or three half-hour meetings over a day, then you're basically done for that day. You can't really have any real maker sessions because you have um, only one and a half hours or two hours in, in between the meetings. And that's why I have have divided my day into a maker and a manager part. We've got Cecilia. Hey. So, hey. Cecilia. How you doing? So. Good. Good. Yeah, I'm doing good. So, you know, it's, it's well known. I'm a squirrel. So, you know, it's just like, oh, the next shiny thing. And I go there and I try to solve the issue. And then on top of that, I'm working with different uh, time zones. So my morning is your afternoon, right? Yes. And then mm-hmm. my afternoon is Australia's morning or the evening. So I'm like, ah, is there a way you think I so like on oh, my calendar? How is that? Is there a feature or something? Or should I just go there and block a forty like, all the 45, 845, 945, 1045, 1045, mm-hmm. you know, as busy. So do not block me here. Or, you know, how is, 
because it's you know it's a little bit that, of a so that's that's really a tricky calendar but but many in psychotic are on that type mm-hmm. of calendar at least once in a while then the time blocks is is the way forward and then give you also from from personal experience give yourself if you think you can do it in one hour then give yourself two hours too because it's much more it feels much better to have yeah. if you need to create something it's not nice to have too little time then you rush it you can't really get your your brain up in the right gear and you do things under pressure instead of having an extra hour because there's enough to do or to pick up on if and when you are done ahead of time or before that so half hour days for for projects and then just half days where you have these multiple short calls but have breaks in between so you as 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 joe was also recommended have time to just have a have a small break or, or react to to emerging things thank you thank you for everyone who's uh jumped in with questions and whilst you were just having that discussion i was just thinking it's very well and easily said block your calendar move meetings later ask people to to move meetings for a half an hour and so But Martin, have you ever felt guilt or pressure to accept all of those meetings? Guilt for blocking out your days or f- the fear of coming across as lazy when you say, well, actually, my morning is now going to be blocked and I'm not going to be in back-to-back meetings for eight meetings a day? Yeah, that's where I think the uh, 30% error rate is actually helping me mm-hmm. because there are sessions that just need to be done within the next four hours. Could be quarter-end related, deal-related, then that has just priority. Then I, of course, uh, accept it. But then it's maybe also up to me to say, okay, it's maybe not the two final weeks of a quarter where I have the most maker projects because mm. things are just as they are in, in a quarter-end sentence. So... Then another thing on replying to Slack and emails, it's most of that can actually wait for some hours. So it's also okay to to uh, to do that. Two or three hours, most of it can wait, and especially emails. There may be some Slack things internally that helps people move forward, but in general, it can wait some hours. I think it's also really re- important to remember because, and, and I'm asking these questions or I've asked the question around guilt, pressure and fear because those are all things that I've certainly been very familiar with before I started uh, implementing something very similar to what you're describing. I think it's helpful to remember that essentially every single person that works for this company is in exactly the same situation. We all have too many meetings. We all have too many things on our to-do list. Cecilia's nodding. Yes, absolutely. And every single one is essentially feeling that same anxiety and pressure and feeling of how the hell am I going to survive this day if we let ourselves do that. So I think it's really helpful when we've got three back-to-back meetings to just speak out and say to the person that's sending you the meeting request, hey, you know, it's this is my situation. I need to go to the loo. Can we just move this backwards by half an hour or find a different day? I think unless it's incredibly important, everyone is going to be very understanding. And even if it is incredibly important, they're still going to work with you to make it work for everyone. I think that's something that's really important to remember because we see everyone around us 
if the perception can very easily be in a startup like ours, well, or in a very fast moving organization like ours, I should say, that everyone is working around the clock and very often we do, but it's okay to say, you know, I'm, I'm still human. <laughs> can you give me a little bit of a break because we're all in the same situation? With that, so we have another question along that same line for you, which is once you've implemented the system, has that yes. impacted your work-related kind of anxiety and feelings of overwhelm? Yes, because it has led to me achieving more. And achieving more, I mean finish more projects. That has helped on exactly that. Because I allow myself to work on more. Yeah, I guess many of us are involved in things that are projects, but they just take a long time because we only sporadic work on it. But I think over the past year, it has just allowed me to to focus on, on more projects. And that helps if you getting started on this maker-manager schedule is is maybe the difficult part. But I think you will see the results only two weeks, two weeks into it. Because it's not like that you don't take meetings or don't take phone calls. You do that and you will probably still have most days where you are on the manager schedule. But just let's say doing these makeup blocks just two days a week will still be a significant difference to you. You have a lot, both as a, as a manager in this company, where you can or should allow yourself to take out these, uh, these maker sessions to either get to the bottom of all of your Salesforce reports or prepare the business plan for how you would like the region to run for the next six months or so it's it's incredibly powerful to to do that and i also want to add that that on if you work as a as a seller then there's maybe more tendency to just feel that you need to be available to absolutely everything all the time and that's not really true i think then then allowing yourself to to have these maker blocks will also help you be more successful with the account plan that you would like to make or with the prospecting that you would need to do into a given account where you just prepare for it. It, um, it compounds over time to, to do it. It, it, um, it. it really pays off. Thank you. And, yep. you know, this is almost the last question on my list here, but possibly the most important one. So how to imagine sometimes, but we're all human beings outside of work we all have some sort of life and family and demands on us outside of work mm -hmm. and i'd love to know if this system that you've implemented and working in this way has that had a noticeable impact on i guess your energy that you're left with when you shut down the laptop and also i guess on the mood that you're left with when you're back to being you know yeah. martin in <laughs> in your household and with your family. Yes. Without this sounding wrong, I hope, then I've just recognized that I'm 100% on manager schedule <laughs> in, my, in my personal life. Because just being, and, and, and in that sense that I'm just being available because, because I have, uh, or we have, uh, have three kids, three small kids, just being available to them for everything that they come with. I guess that all who have kids who are on the call know what I mean when, when, when I say there are a lot of changing both demands and requests and whatnot throughout a weekend or throughout a, a, um, a weekday evening for, from your family. So I do sometimes in the weekend also put in these maker 
sessions if there are something personal that I want to do and that that actually helps even to say it beforehand before the weekend say that look I would actually like to do this in the weekend and it could even be just be reading a book or prepare for something for for the mental manager podcast in in, in those lines and actually accept that you have personal stuff that you would like to do so yes it ha- it has really helped me to view both my work life and also my my personal life with uh, or through the lens of um, of the maker versus manager schedule perfect thank you very much i think we're out of questions but yeah so really powerful session for me personally so i always get a lot out of these is there anything else martin that um, you want to share with everyone around this uh, session i'll just encourage people to read the blog post we'll share it i have two and if you, if you search for it on the internet, then you will find that this that this has been discussed many places because it makes so much sense. Many people find them on on the maker, and then on the maker schedule, but then is all often interrupted with meetings or with uh, with a manager schedule. So so balance it is something that has been discussed a lot. So we will share this blog post, of course, and then another page called Farnham Street that have discussed discuss the blog post and then I'll just encourage people to uh, to read it and then um, yeah think of it in regards yeah. to your own to your own time for sure I see that we weren't quite done yet right you've got a question absolutely absolutely thank you it's very informative and insightful really and I followed an advice that Peter told me first week I joined, and that's how to block a focus time in there, especially in my situation, like we're working on the Gulf time zone and all our internal meetings on CET zone. So basically, we will run out of time of to, do, to do our actual work. So you're following with your partners on lab 9 to 12, 9 to 1, and then it's 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock CET where you start following on the international operation aspects. So you run out of time. So the best thing is, yes, block some focus time and probably that that would help you. And I saw some of the comments was not be shy about saying, uh, let's select another time. So thank you so much Absolutely. for this very, very uh, interesting insights into how you guys are managing it. Thank you so you can much. can still accept meetings even though you have your time blocked, but it allows you, it just helps what it does, it really helps you to select because you're not available. Or you will catch up with people. I've also seen that some have just a note that, hey, I'm actually blocked, but please ping me, and then I might find time during this time block anyway. So so having these yeah. notes on your time blockers is also very helpful, also for people who want to build, who wants to book. Absolutely. And and I think that's also potentially a good closing note, that it's a good reminder to say that it's okay that we're not always available because our time, everyone's time, has a value on it. And that value, particularly when we're sort of working, then it is a lot more valuable to the company that you are very protective of your time and are not jumping on every single call whenever everyone else is pulling you into it. So value your own time. And thank you so much for sharing the wisdom, Martin, and everyone that has joined us and participated for the session today. I know I'm definitely going to adapt the system when I come back in a couple of months. And for everyone, so we will be releasing this session as part of our Mental Manager podcast. So um, you'll have a chance to revisit the session whenever you like. We'll also make sure that we'll share the link and uh, everything else that Martin mentioned in terms of the blog posts and so on. 
And uh, yeah, thank you for joining us today and have a fantastic remainder of your day.